Good morning, grappling fans. It is Tuesday, which means we're back for another episode of Who's Number One. Joining me today is my co-host, Michael Sears over here, rankings extraordinaire. We have a bunch of guests calling in today. Very excited to have everyone back. We've got Mikey Musumeci back in the house, so I should say calling in. Ricardo Amendolia from the snowy north, and Bear from Roll is also calling in from California. Uh, welcome back, everyone. Man, I'm super excited for today's show. Should we kick it off and find out how, Mikey, how your DM has been since last week when you put out the 10K challenge? Has that been blowing up? Yeah, it was a pretty historic moment to have you in here. I got goosebumps. Uh, man, it was a fun time, Michael. Take me through last week a little bit. What what just went down? Well, uh, well, Mikey and Kyle were here like everybody saw and uh, put out the challenge. A lot of people resp- replied. Everything blew up online, sort of lit the world on fire. We had some interesting people uh accepting uh a lot of people accepted who weren't really what they're looking for who were like uh lightweights or whatever but we had some big guys victor hugo said he wants to wants to baron bolo mikey herber santos is in there Virginia. so yeah they're going back and forth and uh yeah mikey how how did you just turn off your instagram or what what did you do after that because you must have got a million notifications yeah so um i'm not really like an outspoken type of person like on the internet or whatever so um i just uh, went off the grid and just went back to the mats and trained harder. <laughs> <laughs> Ricardo, Ricardo, you weren't here for that last week. So, what did, what's your opinion on the whole thing, on Kyle's uh, challenge, on the on the whole situation? We didn't get to hear your perspective. Man, I think it's awesome. You know, everyone's coming out of the woodworks to challenge Mikey now. Big Mac put a challenge out there. Braginia put a challenge out there. My buddy Andy Juan hasn't trained in 10 years. Purple belt. He wants it. She wants a shot at the title. My neighbor said something about Mikey Muzumechi. Right now, it's all about (laughs) Muzumechi madness in 2020. All right. So just a couple things to remind people of uh, before we get into more stuff with Mikey. Uh, We have the Daisy Fresh. uh, Premiere tomorrow, 12 Eastern, uh, the first episode, 40 uh, minutes long. These guys are good friends of ours, good friends of Bears over at Show Your Roll. Uh, yeah, those guys are uh, pretty hardcore. They'll probably fight you if you say something bad about Show Your Roll or uh, or Flow Grappling. But, uh, yeah, to tune in. It's going to be a lot different than any uh, BJ documentaries I think you've seen. A lot of events coming up. I'm excited Gra- to watch that, too. You're gonna, hey, uh, Mikey, what, Mikey what's your opinion on it? So I have a friend from Illinois, and um, he used to train there. And he was telling me, I, I haven't watched it or anything, but he was telling me that there's a guy there that wears a dog collar, like a, that electrocutes you. So he has his brother that like zaps him when he's not training hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that when I was there, but I believe it. I 100% believe it. Bear, do you know anything about yeah, this dog so collar? I, I like their intensity. <laughs> Bear, what's up with the dog yeah, collar? You heard about this? I've heard about the legendary dog collar zapping if if you didn't if you don't drill if you don't drill right or if you, uh, if you, if you jump off of the wrong move. That's the know, way to do it. To help, just to help build muscle, just to help build muscle memory. You know, I, I think it's kind of a thing. You know, I don't know. I don't know if it's just a, I don't know if it's just a, a, a rumor. Like in dodgeball, thing, I heard the same. Thing. Like in dodgeball, when you went to eat bad food, how you get zapped. <laughs> We got to go back for episode three on that one, but yeah, guys, eleven uh, or sorry, twelve noon Eastern time. We'll be uh, premiering that live on the site. Uh, you can tune in, and watch it live. It'll also be available on demand. We'll be running it all day long. We're super excited about it. It's gonna be two episodes each, uh, spanning roughly forty minutes 
total runtime each. So that's going to be really, really cool. We really get into the, the lives and, and regiments of all these competitors that have sort of uh, combined forces at, at, at Patagos sub, uh, Submission Fighting. A very interesting group of guys, and we're really excited to tell the story. Yeah. Uh, coming up this week, we got uh, ranking updates. I uh, they, they chained me back to my desk. I got back in the spreadsheets, updated like 10 tournaments yesterday. So... Uh, be looking for that blue, purple, brown team, all that stuff, male, female, it's going to be coming. And uh, also we got Grapple Fest coming up. That's our next event, right? That's correct. Grapple Fest is going down uh, February 29th. Fight to Win is changing your schedule around a little bit. Um, we'll let you guys know exactly what, what happens there when that solidifies. But in the meantime, we're looking ahead to Grapple Fest and that is a that both Rotolos show. Both Rotolos on there. Main event. We um, actually, I don't know if this is the exact cord, uh, card order, but we've got Adam Warzinski versus John Blank uh, in a title match there. Ty Rotolos taking on Dante Leon. Very exciting match there. Cade Rotolos taking on Ashley Williams. Uh, Ashley is a UK standout. Has fought on Kasai. I think EBI. Um, we also got guys like uh, Stuart Cooper is on the card taking on Santry Lillis. <laughs> Uh, so it's a fun card. Grapple Fest is slowly becoming one of the premier shows in the UK, bringing out a lot of guys now from the states as well. Uh, I cannot wait for that event. Hey Bear, I want to get your uh, opinion on something because uh, Tyro Tolo, he's one of your boys. You've been with him since he was like ten years old. What do you think about him with Dante Leon? This is him versus a big guy here. This is a big. Uh, he's got a strong dude in this matchup. What do you think about this? I think it's going to be a crazy match, man. Dante's like he's what one of the best in the world in nogi ADCC champion. So. Um, I think it's going to be a tough fight for Ty, but um, after watching Ty compete at ADCC this year, um, I think he's going to be able to stop the road a little bit. You know, like I think matchup-wise, it's just like Dante just seems a little bigger, but I don't know. After that ADCC um, performance from Ty, literally he could probably go against anybody Nogi and probably beat them. It just depends on the day, you know. So I'll kick it around a little bit, Ricardo, your fellow Canadian Dante Leon. What are you thinking about this matchup? Ty Rotolo, Dante's an interesting one. Yeah, I love it. Um, I mean, it's not 10 years ago, so it's like, you know, Rotolo has a purple belt, young kid fighting. We know that he can stand with the best of them. He can, he can go against the best of them. He can beat the best of them. And he has one of the best training rooms in the country at Atos HQ in San Diego. So he has all the tools. He has the technical ability. He will be ready for Dante Leon. But, man, Dante's just been on this upward trajectory. It's a tough one. I, I mean – I have to give a little bit of an edge to Dante on this, I think. But I think Ty, you know, Ty has nothing to lose here. So he's going to go for broke like a young Mikey Musumeci going after Pan Ams mm -hmm. back in the day. He's going to go for it all. So I think that it's going to be an exciting fight. And uh, But I think Dante, you know, has the experience really to deal with Ty. And, um, yeah, I think Dante is going to be the one pulling it out. But anything can happen. We'll see. Canadian homer, dude. You just pick it. You're never <laughs> going to pick against the Canadians. There's only one one other Canadian out there. you got to pick him. Actually, there's Jake McKenzie as well. Uh, Mikey, do you ever train with those guys, the Rotolos? No, I never got to train with them. But I always, um, I was always hanging out with them, like, when they were at AOJ. They're such nice kids, like, such uh, warm, nice kids, you know. And they're very motivated and driven, hungry kids, you know. So I think that they could accomplish anything that they put their minds to. I mean, Wardzinski, John Blank's a cool one too. John Blank uh, really came out in the last year, and Wardzinski is a guy who's been focusing more and more on uh, Nogi stuff. And I'm interested to see how it uh, how his game. Uh, he's got a game that's just tailor made for Nogi, I think. And I think as he puts in more work, we're going to see Adam Wardzinski really start to do better and better in the Nogi side of the game. But uh, after that, I mean, next month, obviously we got Pans, the big one. Uh, we got. 
Third coast, Gordon Ryan's going to be fighting Patrick Gaudio, Lucas Valente, JT Torres, Downey versus Nicky Rod. I mean, I mean we'll that, have... that third coast uh, event is yeah. freaking huge, man. Like, yeah. uh, there are over 10 incredible matches there. We also have Gio Martinez versus Ethan Krellenston. Talita Allencar's on the card versus Danielle Kelly. We got Najmi versus Tommy Langacker, which I think one of the matches I'm most excited about is, is that mm. one there. But we also have good. Wagner Hosha, Mike Perez. I mean, there's so many good yeah. good matches. There's yeah. a no time limit uh, Nogi match with Will Tackett and Stefan Bonta on the card. Yeah, that uh, one's a little bit further out, so we'll probably cover that in depth uh, when we get closer to it. But Ricardo, first thing first, Ricardo, I want to hear your opinion on the people that were challenging Mikey because we didn't get you last week. Who, who do you, what do you think about these uh, people that were accepting the challenge over the week? They're all killers, man. It's a murderous row. Lined up for Mikey Muzumechi in 2020. What a way to start this year. I mean, personally, out of all the guys that send in videos and resumes and emails and DMs, I kind of like, I feel like Victor Hugo, I I feel like I want to see that one because it's such a big, you know, it's David versus Goliath. Victor Hugo's 250 pounds. Mikey Muzumechi, what did you, what are you weighing right today after a fresh bowl of pasta? What do you weigh right now? I could be like 44, 45 if I'm like really eating a lot of food and training hard. You know, at Euros I was like yeah. 139 when I was fighting the open weight. Mm. Did you did you eat Let's pasta for this morning? Did you eat pasta for breakfast today? I didn't get to eat anything yet. <laughs> oh yeah, it's pretty early there. All right, we'll get some pasta after this. What do you think about the Victor <laughs> oh, Hugo match? Do you do you think if you double pull with Victor P- Hugo, do you think he could bowl you? What do you think of the possibilities? <laughs> I think Victor Hugo's awesome. Uh, he seems like a really cool guy. Um, I I like that he's a guard player too. So he's really technical how he plays guard. Uh, I'm a fan of his jiu-jitsu. Mikey, uh, you were talking a lot about being in prison and being on death row last week. Are you yeah. are you still stressed out by the the oh, absolute prison. challenge, or are you settling into it all now? Is it feeling a little bit um, <laughs> less intense? First, first, it was like. My body was, like, so um, anxious from it, you know. But then, like, um, I was training normal, and then I started having fun again, like, in training. So I don't really care anymore, you know. Um, when I, I'm not really a fighter. So when I think of it as, like, a fight, it makes me all intense and, like, tense up. But when I think of it just as jiu-jitsu and, and competition, um, then I just have fun, and I don't really care who I fight, you know. There's, I don't really see a, a, any – I don't really care who I'm fighting as long as I'm focused on the jiu-jitsu. Because I'm just fighting a match from jiu-jitsu, not like a fight. You know what I mean? So, hey, I gotta, I want to ask oh, yeah, you something. Cool. I want to interrupt you here one second. So, Mikey, your sister made a good quote years back. I remember she said, you know, when you when you compete in a jiu-jitsu match, it's not you versus the person. It's your jiu-jitsu versus their jiu-jitsu. So, stylistically, mm-hmm. spill the beans here. Victor Hugo's got an open game. He's well-rounded. He topped the bottom. How do you see your style squaring up with such a big guy like that? And, and what could, what what's Mikey Muzumechi going to do? What tricks are you going to pull off? Are we going to see something similar to the strategy you implemented with Roberto Jimenez against Keenan Cornelius with the Barambolo attempt to get to the top position? Mikey, we all know where that came from. What are you going to do to <laughs> Victor Hugo? Spill the beans, Mikey Muzumechi. Oh, my God. Um I don't know. Like, um, it depends. Like, um, like you said, like it's about jujitsu versus jujitsu, you know. So he's gonna come out with like a strategy to um to shut off my guard, right? And I'm gonna have to have an answer to his um ways of going around my guard, you know. 
and whoever has the answer to each other's position wins. So that's what it, all I see it as. I don't really see the opponent like you said. It's just jujitsu, jujitsu. Mike, yeah. So and I I'm not question. really focused on. I'm not really focused on uh, the jujitsu he does. I'm just focused on my own jujitsu and having an answer to each position that he presents to my positions. If that makes sense. Mikey, so I got a question for you. This is something I was thinking about after we got off last week. How how exactly do you get out of Bolo Prison? How do you break out of that place? What do you got to do? <laughs> oh, my God. So um, I was talking to my friend uh, Chris about this. And um, for me to get out of Bolo Prison, I have to have an extraordinary Bolo. It has to be a Bolo of extraordinary quality. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Again, someone that's extraordinary, like someone that's very high level. All right. So, you know, because uh... I can't – um. I can't just get out of bullet prison just bowling a random person. It has to be someone legit. Man, it's going to be a big moment for everybody when you finally get out of bolo prison. People are going to go wild. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully so I get early. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we sort of settled on an athlete out of everybody that uh, accepted. It, it's not nobody signed a contract yet. There's not even there's not even an official venue yet or date, but everybody is sort of verbally committed to it. Mikey, do you want to say who it is? Who who you're gonna be fighting next month? Yeah, so um, so obviously I have just been focused on training. Like I haven't been focused on who I'm gonna fight because um, I just let Flo and then uh, Flo talked to Kyle about it, and then I just accepted whoever they told me. So um, what they decided was um that I'm gonna compete with Herbert Santos. Herbert Santos. <laughs> Man, what do you think about that one? This is a former super heavyweight world champion. This is a, this yeah, a bad so, guy. Um, so <laughs> Ricardo that, coming with the heat. All the people that called that all the people that wanted to fight me and stuff, um, I'm assuming that because he's the he actually won Black Belt Worlds, you know, that um that he was the option that they chose. And um at first I talked to Kyle and he was concerned with me competing with him because the risk of injury is very high with him, you know. He's so explosive. And um, I Bear looks so concerned right now. I'm seeing some concern across Bear's <laughs> face. <laughs> but um, but uh, our goal in doing this, the whole premise of me doing this, is to show that um, technique conquers all. You know, so regardless of the size, power of the person, like we could work around it and find a way to win. All right, let's kick it around, Bear. What are you thinking right now? You had a, you had a good reaction there to it. What do you think about this matchup? I'm super excited. I'm super. I'm super excited. I'm super nervous. Um, Everything at the same time, but but like Mikey said, uh, if there's a guy to beat, I mean, I think before before Irvin has been like, you know, he's been in a in a couple losses, but before he went through those couple losses, he was probably the the next big thing since Bouchesh as far as like the most exciting fighter in in jujitsu. So um, yeah, I mean, like like you said, Kyle was a little scared Mikey might get hurt, and Ricardo said just a little bit. But uh, but yeah, I think I think this okay. makes for probably okay. one of the most exciting matches in uh, in a very very long time. I can't I can't uh, I can't think of something that's that's better as far as like watching a jujitsu match. Not so much if Mikey's gonna get hurt or not, <laughs> or if Mikey's gonna bolo him. You know what whatever that whatever that may be. But I think for this fight, it's gonna be super exciting. I'm super excited for Mikey. Hey Mikey, Herbert is uh, it's well known he's pretty unpredictable uh, both on the mats and you know his mental preparation where where he is on that day. How would you how, how are you going to go about getting ready for someone that could be so different just on any given day? Yeah, so um, he is very unorthodox. You know, like you never know. He's very unpredictable. That's the correct word. 
So you never know like which herbit is going to show up. But I just hope that the herbit that shows up wants to have like have a jiu-jitsu match, you know. Like he doesn't want to start like a riot or do anything in terms of that, you know. Because um, cause in the end of the day, it's a jiu-jitsu match, you know. Um, and I just hope that we have a jiu-jitsu match. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah, I think big props to you and Kyle for doing this because this is something that you're not seeing other people do. This is something that, I mean, not many uh, rooster weights, light featherweights, are going to go out there and fight Herbert Santos in a super fight. Win or lose, it's a win for you because, like, it's it's impressive. You're, you're, it, I mean, it takes big balls. You're uh, it no, it's line. not a win for me. I'm I'm not like um like I I tell everyone like um I put a lot of pressure on myself because um I know what I could do, you know, and um so me competing isn't a win for me. Um, I have to. I really believe if I'm fighting anyone that I could use my jiu-jitsu, you know. So training my butt off, you know, every day now. Um, very focused on this match and um and. My guards coming way together, way more in uh, with the open weight people now, because I'm training with all big guys right now. So um, I'm starting to get a system like I have with, with the people of my size, you know. The uh, would would a bolo here get you out of bolo prison? If you get the bolo on yes, Herbert, yes, hundred percent. Yeah, that's, that's a jailbreak. You're out of there. I Ricard just I just really hope he doesn't body slam me if I take the back or something, you know. Um, I really hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, I hope so too. I really hope that doesn't happen to you as well. But honestly, what would be the worst? It would be like two broken ribs. It wouldn't be anything worse than that, right? <laughs> would I have enough time for worlds if I get two broken ribs, guys? <laughs> it would be an aggressive uh -huh. healing period if you're back in six weeks, I think. But Mike, you've been talking to Erberth on this a little bit, uh, liaising with him. What does he have to say about the match? Obviously, he's not here on the podcast today, but is he excited? I mean... He's the other man here involved, right? It's hard to tell. Uh, I think he just he heard his name mentioned last week when Kyle and them were on here, and he was one of the people that said, "Yeah, I'll do it." And uh, yeah, he seems into it. I mean, I don't think. Uh, yeah, hopefully, yeah, like Mikey said, hopefully there's no uh, incidents or anything. But I mean, I think we can we can make sure that doesn't happen. Try and talk him out of that. You know, he, he's had a couple before. We gotta. Another one will probably be the end of it for him. But, Ricardo, what are you thinking about this matchup, man? Herbert Santos? <laughs> Herbert Santos? <laughs> Herbert Santos! Yes, I love it, Mikey. In the words of the great Bernardo Faria, I am very excited about this, and I can't wait to see this match. I think it's awesome. I think it's great because, you know, on if you get Herbert on a good day... He opens up, he goes for broke, he's doing switch passes, he's jumping over people, he's doing the leg locks of dooms, he's trying to re-bolo people. Let's hopefully get him on a good day, because that's what we want to see. We want to see the best of Herbert against the best of Mikey opening up and clashing, not somebody that's just going to try to stall Mikey out, look at the referee for, you know, looking at him, saying, we want to see people open up, you know what I mean? We want to see it, and... And if we get the best Herbert, he's going to open up and he's – Mike, I'm sorry. He's going to try to kill you. But it's going to be fun to watch, and I this love it. This is taken. And I, wa <laughs> I want to see. And I want to see stylistically 
I'm gonna me and Bear's gonna have, we're gonna have some side bets going. We got some we got some side deals going. If you can bolo Herberth, we got some money on the table. Things are cooking. I already talked to Kyle Terry. He says he's gonna pay for your pasta all year round if you bolo Herberth and, and choke him up from the back. Oh so there's a lot on the dollars. line, Mikey. There's a That's lot a on lot the line, Mikey Musumachi. Good for you, my son. Good for you. I taught you well. Good for you. <laughs> Mike, are you worried? Ricardo mentioned the leg locks. Are you worried about toe holds or knee bars? Because Herbert does have great toe holds and knee bars. Like he's done mm-hmm. it to Hudson. So, yeah. Yeah. So for sure, that's probably the uh, most pressing concern with Herbert is like his knee bars and toe holds. You know. So I just have to address that accordingly. You know. Um, one thing that I have going for me is my legs are really small, and he's really big. So for you to pull a big like someone so big to go for a leg lock on someone so small kind of hard you know because you have to really lean on the leg and um it's just based on positioning and stuff you know so um i should be good with that um and if i'm good with that hopefully we'll be gucci <laughs> would you would you call this your biggest challenge yet in jiu-jitsu yeah so um so i was joking with my friend the other day and i was like yeah so when i look across the mat and then i see herbert santos uh i think I won't be nervous to fight anyone after that. <laughs> the scariest looking person. All right, so Bear. Yes, Bear, sir. You had an idea, because I think we're talking about, we're going to try and do this in California next month sometime. You had an idea about doing some sort of uh, color belt tournament as an undercard, right? Like, what are you thinking about for that thing? Yeah, no, it's just something similar. Just try I think we want to try and do like a eight-man, maybe like an eight-man middleweight and below. And then uh, middleweight and above, uh, maybe heavyweight and above, like an eight-man tournament bracket. Maybe try a different rule set, very similar to IBJJF, but um, try and um, not penalize the passer so much. So maybe giving some basic rules for, call it like four points for mount, four points for side mount, four points for the back, making it super duper simple, making it six minutes, and then just letting the guys um, just let the guys go. See how uh, the person on the bottom can't just hang out so much. And the person on top doesn't have to hang out as much, as well. And we're just going to try and get some of the uh, the best, uh, some of the best up and coming people in the world, and also some maybe some black belts as well. You know, so we just want to shake it up a little bit, make some interesting fights for everybody. So it's in the works. So you're thinking mixed belts, mixing all the belts. Mixed belts, yeah. Black belts, if black belts want to fight at this point, but what's the difference? You know, a, yeah. a, a blue belt that's been training 16 years, opposed to like a black belt that's been training for. 10 years, I mean, at this point, like, for me, it doesn't matter. It may, it may matter in, in, uh, in everybody else's eyes. But for me, I just want to make a, I want to make the best fights, the best fights happen and at the best, at, at the best level, you know, so. Um, you got anybody in mind when it comes to this? You got anybody that, uh, that you've talked to yet? Or are you just waiting for people to apply? Or how's that going to work? Not yet, because this is the first time we're talking about it publicly, yeah. you know, so <laughs> so um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get some messages from coaches and everyone's going to be like, hey, Bear, I got a guy, I got a guy, he just came from Manaus, hey, Bear, this guy from Illinois, hey, Bear, you know, this guy, he's going to be the next champion, hey, Bear, this guy's going to be the next Mikey Musumeci, uh, so um, I'm, I'm thinking if this is like any other thing we've done in the past, messages are going to start blowing up um and then you know we'll start getting trying to set set up the best guys so for us we don't care any team you know any brand anything just as long as they're the best person for the division put them in there could be zero showroom guys i don't care i just want the best guys in there so hey mikey you've been uh cutting your teeth now on the, the pro event scene you're kind of doing your second one here coming up um 
What's your favorite format? Do you like a super fight show? Do you like round robin kind of grand grand prix like Copa Podio or Kasai? Uh, mixed belt tournaments. You know, if you were to to design your own event or, or star in an event, what what makes you most excited? It's hard to say because everyone's style is different, right? So you get those like super explosive power guys that will win in like six minute formats. But then if they had a 10 minute format, they would have more trouble. And then you have like the more technical long distance guys that are better in like a 10 minute format. So I guess it would be based on the style of the people, right? Because if you have like the different styles would make the time of the match vary. You know, I see a lot of people they could win like a six minute match. But then in 10 minutes, they gas out, you know. So it really does depend on the time. Like, it depends on the people in the for- in the event, right? Um, I think the round robin thing is really cool. But then at the same time, it gives the same um, thing as single elimination because uh, it's still based on the drawing, right? So if you put, like, a group of people on one side and um, they still don't get to fight the people on the other side based on the draw of the bracket, you know. So... I don't know. I've, I've never been a promoter, so um, I think all the event formats are cool and are interesting experiences to go through. You know, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know what to say about which one is the best, though. You know. All right. Well, uh, six minutes. If you're gonna fight a big guy, like a 200 plus pound guy, do you want six minutes or do you like ten minutes? Ten minutes for sure. You could you could wear well, him out a little bit with your cardio. You're thinking. I think that I it would just give me more time to like. To get my jiu-jitsu going, you know, you know, and um, so then the strength and size goes away more, and then it becomes more jiu-jitsu as the match goes on. All right, Ricardo, so, I see you raising your hand there. What's going on? Yeah, it's like uh, I'm back in elementary school. I got to raise my hand for a question here. But what what are the rules? Of, what are the rules of this contest going to be? Ten minutes, Mikey, I be jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Ten, Ten minutes, minutes. I be Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. all right, Mikey, if you could design. Your best rule set. I know Chase kind of asked you this, but against a larger opponent, are you comfortable doing the 10-minute IBJJF or is there anything you would tweak to make it more exciting or more favorable? Let's be real, Mikey. Oh, well, if I was being real, the easiest format for me would probably be advantages being points, right? But um, but I don't, I don't think that's fair. So I prefer this format. I liked it because this is how I grew up doing IBJJF rules, you know? And um, yeah. I don't know. Um, I train every day, 10-minute rounds in the gym. So it's just like another day of training in the gym. That's that's like the normal for me is a 10-minute round. So how far are you going to take? And I have a <clears> – <throat> Okay, go, Bear. Go for it. No, I just have a question for Mikey on this because I'm, I'm super curious because I've never asked him. But um, on, on that rule set, Mikey, just as an example, not saying it's going to be your rule set, but the rule set of um, only getting points for – when you establish side mount or if you get uh, mount or if you get back mount, um, what do you think that would do to you as a competitor? If you were, um, if you were passing and say you wanted to dive to a toe hold or you want to dive to like a brombolo and just as long as uh-huh. you didn't catch it and the guy didn't pass your guard, he wouldn't get any so points. You know? Takedowns are no points. So sweeps no points. and takedowns are no. Wow. That's amazing. I think that would perform so much better because I wouldn't have to worry about like being so positionally correct with strategy and I would just fight to take the back or I'd fight to pass. I think that's going to create way more fighting. I actually love that format. That would be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, The stress that we have to deal with like to like 
get advantages and like stay on top or position yourself where you can't get scored on. You know what I mean? So like um, that format would be insane. I guess, I guess when, I guess when you break down the format, right, it's very simple. It's very similar to the same exact format that we're dealing with in IDJJF. The, the major difference is you only get points if you pass somebody's guard and you establish amount or if, and, and that's really it. Right. And other than that, like nothing in between gets, gets like gets misconstrued. So you could be passing and you can't pass the guy's guard for three minutes. But what are you, you going to do if gold. there's a tie? What are you going to do if there's a tie? Same thing. It would be probably ref's decision up to three refs. Ref right? decision. And that's, I okay. think it, up to three refs. Wait, right. And I think that's right now the fairest. Okay. Yeah. Then that's good. And then it's just, the question is, will the ref decision be based on if the person swept you or not? You know what I mean? So then technically it would be, I mean, totally. rules. If, so then that would be the only thing I'd be questioning because then it would still create like the IBGF format in a sense, because people would be afraid to get swept because in the ref decision, they, they would count that. You know what I mean? I think that, I think the, I think the ref decision is going to be based off of aggressiveness. Right. And uh, of course there's going to be it some be based on probably. Oh, okay. No, not sweeps just on, just on aggression and, and who's kind of getting the advantage. And of course that's going to be skewed depending on if the ref thinks a sweep weighs more than mm -hmm. a submission attempt. Right. Um, and that's going to just be the factor that we have to yeah. work out. But I think the biggest I, thing is, I, I think the biggest thing is like, what I, what I get frustrated watching as a fan is the person playing guard for five minutes and the guy stalling on top for five minutes. So if the person from the guard, uh, if the person from top can now try different things to try and pass the guard to hold Burambolo, whatever. And if the guy comes up on top, um, and the person, he doesn't get his guard pass. He doesn't get penalized for diving for a position or trying no, to go for amazing. something. And he can even like, um, so. even in IBGF, it's very common, like in the smaller divisions, like my division where, um, you'll be up on top winning by like an advantage, let's say, then you'll put yourself in 50, 50 because there's no advantage for you almost getting swept in 50, 50. So then the only way that they could get an advantage is attacking your foot. But if you're good at defending your foot, essentially it's impossible to lose unless you get swept because there's no advantage for almost getting swept. So this is the style that people have to play in the IBGF format to like stay ahead with the strategy and stuff, you know? So I think that this would create a new opportunity for like more action for sure. What do you, what do you guys think about adding a, something to that where if there's a legit submission attempt, like a compelling submission attempt, you get an actual point. So that way- I think. The problem is, how could you I, I think I, if something's a legit submission attempt, right? Like, um, they do it now. They do, they do it now, though. They give you a they get an advantage for a submission attempt, correct? Yeah. I like it. I, I, I like I like it, but I think the, the, the biggest thing with this rule set is to make it as simple as possible and then try and add to it with time. Because I think all these little things, like Mikey was saying, like what a sweep attempt or, you know, a submission attempt or, you know, uh, whatever the other advantage is, which let's call it a, let's call it a submission attempt. Um, it's so it's it's such a gray area, you know. So I think that's I, I think, think that's, that's the issue we face in the sport right now is the refs don't know. For so. submission, I think that we shouldn't have point for submission because every time you make point for submission, then there'll be strategy and people will go for submissions, for sure. make the faces, get the uh, the point, you know. And then um, how Bear's saying the format with the back take and the passing. That's a guaranteed submission if you get to those spots because those are such dominant spots, you know. So I think that's going to create so many more finishes. The only concern I would have is, again, someone going for a submission and holding a submission the whole match. 
even if it's not a tight submission, just to win the ref decision, you know, that could be another uh, gray area, you know. But um, besides that, it seems like a better format in, in the sense that people will fight way more. So, Bear, uh, this is that's the rule set that you're going to be using for your color sure. belt, or not, not color belt, all belts, uh, <laughs> absolutes, right? Correct? I'm sorry, what was that, that These are the rules. The rules you're discussing are what you're going to be using in your part of the tournament in the two different absolutes, correct? Correct, correct. Uh, tra- basically, similar similar IBJJF rules. Uh, the only difference is just w- what they're awarded points for, right? But as far as everything else uh, goes, like if you were to fight like brown belt or something, right, knee bars, uh, ankle locks, toe holds, all that stuff. So, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who gets in this. I know we're talking about sometime around pans. we still got to work out dates and everything. But, Ricardo, who are some people you'd like to see jump in these absolutes there? I mean, it's pretty open ended. Is, is so this is all belts? I mean, yeah, but you know the big name black belts aren't going to jump in. Let's think color belts. Yeah, yeah. I'll I mean, say Michael you know, Galvao, Ty- Mikael Galvao for sure. Yeah, Mikael Galvao. I think a lot of people are talking about him. I think they're talking about you know Tynan, Tynan from AOJ. A lot of people are buzzing about him right now too. Jansen um, would be so cool. Good, yeah, absolutely. There's so many good guys. I mean, the beautiful thing about Southern California is there's no shortage of talent available in a close distance so uh, you yeah. know there's there's you can literally call up any gym and get their two best guys in so you know, this will be awesome Hopefully, you never know mikey musumechi like, could jump in both of them you never know what he's got this guy these days <laughs> yeah right, right, after his fight with, right after his fight with herbert yeah yeah, yeah let's see perfect. roberto in nice. there too let's let's get roberto jimenez back in there right away you know I'll or, tell uh, him, roberto I'll tell him right now i'm gonna i'm about to go chain with him <laughs> Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. It'd be nice, nice to get Roberto in the heavyweight one. Uh, a match that almost happened at who's number one, but Roberto got promoted was Roberto and Eric Muniz. That would be a cool one in the heavier uh, heavyweight one. Eric Muniz what would about be somebody you? great. Huh? What about you, Mike? You're the you're the biggest jujitsu nerd on the planet right now, so we, we, uh, who would well, you like to Well, for the middleweight one, we already talked about uh, Micah Galvao, uh, Tynan, and Jansen, those guys. I think at the heavier one, we got to get Eric Muniz in there. Eric Muniz is just a guy who's looked unstoppable at Purple and Brown Belt for the last couple of years. He did the double Grand Slam at Purple Belt. He just did the double gold at Brown Belt at uh, European. So it'd be interesting to see him in there, maybe get him up against a black belt. I want to get Mason Fowler in that thing. Mason Fowler. One of Mikey's teammates yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah. Mikey, are you tra- training with Mason, getting ready for the big guys? No, I'm in Las Vegas. Oh, that's right, yeah. In, uh, San Jose. But, Who are you uh, training with right now besides Roberto? I'm training with my friend Roberto, and then I'm training with my other friend, Hinatu, who's from Kyle. Hinatu uh, Tagliari. He's yeah, he's about 240. Then I have um, a lot of um, random big guys here, and my friend Chris Engel, who's very technical, and he's like 235-ish. So I have a lot of guys around that size. You know, I can't really do every round with big guys because it just destroys your body. But, like, I could do at least two or three, ten with big guys, and then I could do some rounds with little guys as well. My size, little guys my size. <laughs> are you are you noticing more stress on your body uh, these days now that you're training with I big was, guys? I was originally, but now I'm, like, being smarter with, like, the recovery. And I just have to figure out the correct um, algorithm for training with the big guys, like um, how much percent I should be training with them opposed to how much percent I should be training with smaller guys, you know. Right now, I'm trying to figure out the correct percentage where my body won't be too destroyed, but at the same time, I'll get a lot of benefits out of it, you know? You mentioned that you're being smarter for the recovery. What are you doing for your recovery these days? Um, I'm just doing more, like, uh, massages, things like that, and I'm, uh, I'm taking rest days. Sometimes when I'm fighting the lighter division, like my regular division, 
I'll just overtrain because I don't really uh, care about how I feel. So I'll just keep overtraining. But when I'm fighting a monster like Irv or someone like that, like I need my nervous system to be functioning, you know, um, I really need to be functioning like um, with my nervous system. I can't be overtrained in fight Irv. So, but you're noticing like a, a direct correlation then between like taking some days for rest, resting and massages. Like you feel much better already, like an, an immediate improvement. Yeah, for sure. For sure, and um, also good nutrition is very important. Um, that's why I always joke about pasta, but it really helps me with recovery. You know, when I'm overtrained, I just eat a crap ton of pasta, and then I recover, and then I train again. I all right, Mikey, will you train. be Mikey for this match? Will you be avoiding or taking on all the spazzy white belts in your gym? No spazzy white belts. Okay. I, I yeah, just um. I'm just training. Gotta keep I, you healthy, Mikey. We're concerned about your health here, Mikey. What happened? Sorry. I said we're concerned about your health. We want to keep you safe until this match happens. So stay I away know. from the big spazzy white belts. Yeah, no spazzy white belts. Only um, only black belts that are heavy. You know. All right. Uh, uh, weight wise, are you gonna get your weight up for this match, or are you gonna still be trying no. to stay down? No, because right after this match, ten weeks later, I have to make Brewster for Worlds. So yeah. I'm continuing dieting and eating healthy, you know, and eating very clean. And um, I'm trying to get my weight lower, actually, you know, so I could. Um, so then for Worlds, my weight will be good. Because <laughs> so um, you... still my ideal goal, my biggest goal of this year is to fight the two divisions at Worlds. You know, that's my main goal. This is my is like a side goal, you know, that I'm going to keep building on. But uh, my ideal goal is to win Rooster and Light Feather at Worlds, you know. <laughs> So, if you have to choose one, any idea which one you're going to go if they don't let you do two? Whichever Kyle tells me to do, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good but answer, I really Mikey. want Good to do answer. light feather. A part of me really wants to do light feather so I could um, compete with both Meows back-to-back. That would be, like, a really, really cool thing to do, you know. And um, yes. I like fighting light feather a lot. <laughs> I don't have to die. But um, but it is what it is if – um. If we decide for me to fight Rooster and to rematch Malfacine and to fight all the new, like, upcoming people like Taliesin, uh, it would be incredible, you know? Like, there's everyone's so high level now, even at Rooster, we, like, there's so many new people coming up, and it would be really exciting to fight them all. So, uh, yeah, because you've never fought Paulo. Never fought Paulo. That's someone that um that would be a real, like, honor for me to compete with, you know, because... Um, when I was like a blue belt, I would watch him in black belt, and I was always like a big fan of him and Juan, you know. But I never had the opportunity to face him. All right, what about pans? You got any idea? Are you doing pans, or what's your plan there? Uh, what Kyle was telling me was he wants me to do pans, I think, and we just do open weight there. Oh, all right. So you crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Mikey's coming in yes. with guns blazing. <laughs> oh my god. Good for you, kid. Good for you. That's very good. You're you're very serious about getting out of Bolo prison. So you want to fight Herberth and then a week later go do the open class of pants. Open class of pants, there's some big name. I mean, Leandro Lowe will probably be in there. There'll be some there'll be some no, guys in there. Just everyone's insane. <laughs> you know, like um I stopped I stopped um trying to think, oh, uh, who's not insane? Because they're all insane, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you 
Oh man, I'm so excited for that. That would be absolutely a legendary. So what'd, you, what'd you what'd you just say? You forgot one. Where you're like, okay, you're gonna go do a super five Herber Santos, and then right after that, you're gonna jump into Pan Ams and you're gonna do open weight. Oh, let's not forget. Right after that, you want to jump into the World Championship and be the first rooster weight ever to win rooster and light featherweight. You know, that's all in like a ten week span. You know, like ain't ain't and nothing the normal day of Mikey Musumeci. Um, and then it might be Brazilian nationals too. It might be Brazilian nationals too. Open weight there. Man, shocking the world, shocking the world. Crazy. Yeah, you taught you Mikey taught me Mania 2020, ladies and gentlemen. Mikey Mania 2020, hashtag yeah. that. Mikey Mania 2020, Mikey hashtag me. everyday pasta, hashtag what else? We got Bolo Prison, hashtag Bolo free Prison. Mikey. Don't forget Bolo Prison. Yeah, Bolo Prison, Bolo free Mikey. Prison. Mikey, you told me at Euros that you were just, uh, I mean, it's not, I don't want to say bored, but like you were trying to look for new challenges, and that's why you were doing the open class there. And it sounds like you're really taking that to another level. You're going to just be doing open classes and fighting big guys all over the place. Is that is that where you're looking at? You're just trying to push yourself in new challenges? Yeah, so this is fun for me now, you know. Um, it's kind of really, like, it gets really, um, I would say, boring just doing your division at Worlds and then repeating over and over, having the same podium picture every year you know it, it's you lose it it doesn't it doesn't become as exciting anymore you know and um i want new challenges i love that feeling of having a new challenge it makes me just excited and then i'm excited to train you know like last night i figured out something super cool in training and like i was like messaging kyle all excited again like i felt like i was like a lower belt like learning you understand like i have that like passion again for jiu-jitsu and uh, I feel like I lose that when I stay complacent and I don't do new things. So this really is exciting for me. And um, and I really had, I really love the feeling of taking risk. You know, I love it. There's nothing else better than that feeling of taking risk. I don't like um, I I don't like have having control anymore. You know, a lot of people they try to control everything, and the best I feel is when I don't have control. I feel like that's a big shift for you, Mikey. I feel like um, in the past you really had like a, a strong plan, game plan that you had to stick to. Um, mm-hmm. Always, so always. And then, um, and then I changed. Then I realized that you only have one life. Why not live it to the fullest? Why not take risk? Why not do everything you want? You know, because in the end of the day, a title is what a title is a memory of a time that you accomplished something. But every day is a new competition. So what title do you have today? No title. Yesterday, you might have had a title, right? I won Worlds last year. But what did I win today? Nothing, you know? So I, I don't see a title as something to hide behind anymore, you know? Oh, you're a world champion. Now you could relax. You could stop doing things. No, a title is just something that you did in the past, and now every day is a new championship, you know? So that's my mindset going forward. I don't really care anymore about the past. So you messaged, uh, you mentioned uh, messaging Kyle after training last night. How do you guys work it out with like when you're in Vegas and Kyle's in California? How do you, how do you guys, uh, how's that relationship work with him uh, being your instructor and everything? Yeah, so um, in Vegas, I run all my training. You know, um, right now I train in the morning at like a gym called Dunham's uh, with my friend Renee, or I train at Roberto's in the morning. I've been training more with Roberto now, especially because I'm fighting the heavier division. Even though Roberto doesn't feel like a heavyweight, he's like a small guy too because how he moves is so technical. But um, I tra- I've been training with him in the mornings. And then I always just message him like, oh, I'm working this. Um, 
And then I always ask him for input and I tell him how I'm feeling and we always talk about things like that. So he gives me like input based on like how I'm feeling and we just have a good dialogue, you know, I think it's very important. How often do you make it out to San Jose to train with him? Uh, always before every competition, I at least make it out one time, you know, like one time. And then I always stay with him and he helps me so much. And then we fine tune everything I've been working and we adjust things. And then he does some specific training formats for me that he feels that will help me like closer to the competition. So it's really good, you know. That's interesting. So it's like he's just sort of masterminding like you're you're out there running your own training and then you touch in with him, like, you know, you're working on He gives you advice and then, yeah, that, that, that's pretty interesting how it works out. But uh, yeah, it's, it's very interesting how it works out. I think that um, I think that uh, I think that all the Black Belt World Champions they find a format like a system that works for them, right? Every one of them trains a little differently. They have their own ways of training, and I think the hardest part about winning Black Belt Worlds is figuring out the correct way for you to train where everything works together. You know, so I finally have the right formula for training, and we have it down. Kaiomi and we get it done, you know, and um, I think that's the hardest part for the black belts coming up and all the lower belts too, figuring out the correct format for you because a lot of, um, a lot of coaches, they tell you, oh, you have to train like this, this, and this, but it's not a one size fits all thing. Like how could you tell someone to train a certain way? Everyone's brains are different. Everyone's different. Everyone's athleticism is different. So you can't all train the same way. So it's the hardest thing is learning how to train. So you're saying you're going to fight Arberth, you're going to do the Pans open class, you're going to do Brasileto open class. How far are you going to take this fighting big guys thing? Are you just going to do it until it doesn't interest you anymore, or are you just going to do that this year? What do you, what's, what's your future like with this? I see it like my division. Um, I'm I'm building my jiu-jitsu on it. Like, it's a whole different style for me. Like, I, like I told you, all the limbs and everything are different on the bodies. So I'm, I'm my guard is changing. My game is changing you know, based on the heavyweights. So it's making me excited again to train because I'm, I have to build a game again like I did for my own division, you know. So I plan on doing this long-term, fighting open weight and fighting these guys and just keep working my way up and um, fixing holes and mistakes in my game. And like I said, I might fail a bunch of times, but I'll keep pursuing it and I'll keep going. You know, I'm 23. I have so many years I could compete in this and um, I'm very healthy. I don't do any drugs or anything bad, you know, so I could really compete long-term in this. And I'm really excited to see what technical improvements I can make for my jiu-jitsu in doing this, you know, because what I've noticed now is my jiu-jitsu could be really good with people my size, but then a lot of the moves I do for my size might not be applicable for someone that's like 240, 250, which is bothering me now because now I want my jiu-jitsu to be able to work on all sizes, you know. So now my mind is going crazy, and now I have to make my jiu-jitsu, uh, uh, like, like, I have to make it efficient for all sizes, you know, which is really exciting to me. Mikey, you just, uh, we, we just released it yesterday, I believe, the, the Fix My Game episode with Reed that you shot, where you, you touch on how you make adjustments with big guys. I watched it. It's, it's awesome. It's a great episode. And, uh, but maybe uh, not the whole thing, not, not all your adjustments, but what's, like, one of the biggest things that you've noticed you had to change immediately to address big guys? I think it was framing maybe last week, but anything else that yeah. comes to your mind? Um, just the volume of their legs is the biggest thing for me, you know, because <laughs> I'm so leg oriented, how I play guard. 
you know, like how I played De La Hiva and that type of game. Like, their leg is so long that, like, it changes everything. So when they deadlift and they stretch their leg, it just alters, like, all my positions, you know. And it just – I just have to um, – I'm, I'm getting a lot of correlations. And um, I'm getting a lot of correlations and stuff based on the body types, just like I did with the people that I fight, you know. I'm always studying um, correlations and, oh, if their weight's here, what do I do here? What do I do here? But um, my concepts, some of my concepts didn't go over my concepts. Like, um, I have a lot of rules for when I play guard in certain spots and concepts for certain, like, things. And a lot of them, some of them weren't going over exactly the same way. So I'm having to reinvent them. You know, I'm writing a book now in my mind for the new body. So I have a question for you, Mikey. So talking about these adjustments that you're making to fighting larger opponents, you know, seriously – when you when you look at this now, are you modifying the technique based on the size of the opponent or the strategy? What's your main focus there? Like, give you an example. Like, if you see a larger person, okay, the technique. So you're going to change the technique according to the body type and size and weight and not just like, Sorry, okay, if this right. guy's big, I'm not bowling. You know what I mean? Like, or is it always like a modification of the specific technique, but you continue the same game? Explain that for me, please. Mm-hmm. So, um... That actually, I always play every position I'm playing. I have to be able to do on a small and big guy. You know what I mean? I wouldn't play like a guard that I couldn't do on a big guy with a small guy. In my mind, that would be flawed. Even if I could get away with it in a small guy with a small guy, because then I feel like my jitsu isn't the most efficient it could be. You know? But um, I meant in more terms of like, for example, when I'm playing Delahiva or a position, I'm focused on oh, if his weight's on the back, like I'm gonna bring him this way. His weight's on the front leg. I'm going to bring him this way. I'm always focused on correlations of the body, right? And um, what I'm noticing is because of the length of the legs that my some of my rules of how I play guard are changing because of the posture and how far up their legs are. And their knees, I'm not able to bend the same way. I'm not able to alter their knees the same way. But then at the same time, when their knees don't alter the same way, there's correlations. I don't want to give away what I'm working, but – uh there's correlations in other parts of their limbs, you know? So right now I'm figuring this stuff out and I'm just putting it together. Um, but like I said, I'm not, I, I really want my jiu-jitsu to be able to work with any size person. So this is so exciting. Mikey, I got a couple I have a question for Mikey. fans here. Uh, I got one question before you jump into that one, Mike. All right. Uh, Mikey, just a question. Um, on the you're talking about training with big guys and a lot of small guys do probably train with big guys and, and sparring and stuff so they're probably they're probably giving feedback like oh yeah i know how that feels to train with big guys too but i think specifically for you what what have you seen that's um training with big guys and actually breaking down the positioning and also where their body lies or how big their leg is or how long their leg is or the weight how do you how do you figure that's kind of helping or hurting you training with smaller guys now has it opened up like some new concepts and some new ideas on spacing and then also being longer and stuff. So honestly, it's crazy because like I told you guys, like the last four years, I really haven't trained with a lot of big guys. Like I made all my training just small guys so I could do high volume and not have any impact on my body. But like, um, I feel like now when I'm training with the small guys, I feel so much stronger, honestly. You know, I feel like, um, cause I'm used to the size of the big people that I'm feeling way stronger. And um, the only thing is the smaller guys are smaller. So positionally, 
I have to keep my position sustained, you know. But um, I feel like because I'm doing rounds every day with the small guys still, I'm keeping my same positioning with the small people because with small people, your positioning has to be a little better in terms of, like, yeah. making space yeah. and stuff on bottom. But um, but as this, so I'm keeping my positioning with the small guys, but the big guys, I'm getting better at controlling. I'm getting better at taking the back. I'm getting better at doing all these different positions, you know. First, it was very... Um, it was very hard for me starting the chain with the big guys because it was frustrating because my game in uh, the Gi is a lot of Umapadas, is a lot of De La Hiva. But the way I was playing De La Hiva was a lot easier on smaller people. And the way I was Umapadaing, I have trouble when someone deadlifts me, you know. So now just making these micro adjustments um, for the big guys. And then I could use them with the small guys also. So it's a win-win. All right. We got some questions from fan, fan questions here. The first one is for you, Bear. If they want to know when are we going to get a Mikey Mania 2020 T-shirt. Uh, people want that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Mikey, we got another question. A guy, uh, Sam. Ten percent royalty check coming my way, by the way. For that <laughs> yeah. A guy. It's coming. Uh, it's coming. It's coming. A guy, coming. Sam. Sam Drysdale. Mikey is asking you, what is your favorite show you roll of all time? Do you have one? Oh my god. Uh, it's hard for me to say because I have this one good luck show rogi that I won like worlds in two times. You know. So um, I think that's like a special one for me. Uh, but what, that's why I love about Shoro is every gi is like different, you know, and they're all like, they're, that's what I love. Like a lot of the gi companies I was with, like they're just all the same, you know, but every gi that they make is a different style. Like the material is a little different. The fit is a little different, you know. So that's what I really love about those gis. And I kind of love all of them, you know. Uh, every one of them has a different style and a different like feel to it and makes it really nice you know all right uh the next question was from a guy frederick nordman uh he says what belt level did you enjoy the most and why me yeah oh um i would say purple belt okay uh because in purple belt i just came from juvenile blue belt and um it was my first year in adult um i felt a lot of pressure in juvenile but then when i went to purple belt i felt like it was just so much easier you know um, I mean, it sucked because I had to fight like for seven hours straight, you know, cause, um, you have like six, seven matches in purple belt. So the duration was crazy, but at the same time, it was just so much fun. You know, um, I just really had a fun time. In purple belt. All right. So I think we got to, uh, cut it soon. We got sort of like a company meeting going on here at HQ today. Uh, oh, sum it up. Go train. yeah, <laughs> go, go train and go eat some pasta to sum it up. Uh, Mikey's going to fight Herberth. We don't know when. We don't know where, but the announcement will be coming soon. We're working on that sort of doing this on the fly. Bear is putting together on the same event, most likely going to have uh, two different absolutes. I think you said middle and under and above that, right? Bear? Yeah, I think we'll we'll put all the information on Flow and we'll put it out there. But basically, every team, the best top athletes, like you're saying, you know, all the people you're saying, Dreamart, Autos, Checkmat, Gracie Baja, Whatever team you're in, um, let's you know, get it. Maybe best, Ricardo. Maybe best, Ricardo in there. Maybe Ricardo. <laughs> you know, if you're a black belt, you want to fight in it. You know, shit. Message. message look, Mike look. Let's and, you know. cut. Cut the crap, Bear. Who's number three? You and I. All submissions banned. Advantages only. Winner take all. If I win, I take over. Show your roll. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's uh, do it. Mikey Musumeci still in Bolo Prison, but he's got big plans to get out of there. He's gonna. He's gonna jailbreak soon. We're breaking out. What, what was the out. okay? So what do we got going on here? We got everyday pasta, free Mikey from Bolo Prison. What was the, the death row? Death row is another one. Oh, Mikey Mania twenty twenty. Okay, 
But Daisy Fresh tomorrow, 20, uh, 12 Eastern, the Daisy Fresh episode one. I think episode two will be the next week. Bear, thanks so much for coming in. Ricardo, thanks for calling in. Mikey, especially you, thanks for taking time out of your day. Thank Go you get some so training, much. eat some pasta. All right. Thank Talk you. to you guys next week. Talk to you guys.